0: Hello and welcome back to part 2 of our Christopher Nolan episode Where we discuss the last few of our top 5 picks of our favourite Christopher Nolan movies Thanks for listening and enjoy! so I guess that makes it straight to my number three, I guess, which, um, so as I said a bit at the start of this, the top three, each of the ones at top three was at number one at one point. Um, so this is how I, this is how it is today. If you ask me tomorrow, it might be different, but my number three is inception. Um, so Obviously, they re-released it at the cinema, uh, a 10-year anniversary. Um, As I said quickly in the um, previous episodes, I saw it in 4DX, which I regret doing. Um, I don't think it's the sort of film. It does add that extra bit of um, uh, value to the movie, perhaps, but it just takes you out of the whole experience, really. Um, But even that aside, the pure spectacle of that film is just so so good and the soundtrack is amazing. I would say it's probably one of Leo's best films and also it's one of the more emotional um, Nolan films as well, especially with the whole storyline with his wife and obviously wanting to get back to see his kids but the main part of it is it's just the idea of it, like how he's come up with it um, and I think the what he does well what Nolan does well in this film is he does the right amount of hand holding. I think with Tenet um there is a lot of hand holding but it's still not clear. I think in Inception it's quite a um
1: I would say tenet
0: idea. I would on.
1: say Tenet blindfolds you and throws you into the pool and says learn to swim like I yeah. I, I don't think there's any hand holding.
0: Learns learns to swim and then walks off as you drown. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> probably the best way to explain it. Uh,
1: but, but blames you for not learning. Yeah.
0: Stupid <laughs> idiot. <laughs> uh, whereas I think Inception it does it, it doesn't patronise you but it, it does guide you through it and I, th- I remember thinking that, watching that for the first time around in cinema no because if someone said to halfway through do you know what's going on I probably would have said sort of but by the end of the film it, it, everything slots into place and it just is, it's perfect and saying about uh, perfection I think the ending I think the ending to this film might be the best ending to any Nolan film as well. I think the idea just the the pure conversation piece between people is it a dream? is it not a dream? uh the fact that it kind of slightly goes off center of, of the spinning top at the end just gives that question it's like well, is he dreaming you know is he has he actually met up with his kids or is this just a pure fantasy that he's you know he's he's passed on and, and met them or something like that there's loads there's a discussion piece of, I, I think there that um is the is a great way to end the film on um yeah i think it's definitely one to see at the cinema as well like most of his films purely for the spectacle of it that scene that with paris folds i think it's paris that folds over um it's just on the big screen It just looks amazing um, even the fight scene not the fight scene but the shootout on the big sort of snowy um, fortress is great everyone's great in it Tom Hardy I think at the time it would have been 2010 I don't think he was a well-established name at that point so I didn't really think much of him the first time round. but now he's actually um, a bit more I, I enjoyed him in this a bit more um, and I think um, Ellen Page is is I haven't seen much with her in to be fair, but I think she's good. She's kind of the character that represents us as the viewers. Uh, Leo is kind of explaining the whole dream world and the dream within a dream and the kick and all this stuff that makes sense in a story point of view, because it's explaining it to someone who's new to the, the way they work, but is also useful as a explanation tool, narrative tool for the viewer to also understand in at the same time, what the hell is going on um i just think it's really inventive i think the whole the corridor scene as well and how they've made how they've pulled that off because i'm pretty sure i watched the documentary and it was all sort of in camera i don't think there was much cgi i don't know there might have been but it just doesn't it certainly doesn't feel like there is any cgi in there um but yeah i could talk for ages about that that film i love it so this
1: so inception is my number two on the list oh okay I effing love this film. Like <laughs> I the first time I saw it, I was in the same boat as you where I was like okay, this is a little bit beyond me. But by the end of it, I didn't feel like I was like eh, I didn't really get that. Like but it was good. It no I I I fully was engaged and I cared about the characters, I cared about um the plot, I cared about, you know, just it, I I was fully invested in that film and I wanted to go see it again because it was just so good. You know, it wasn't, you know, know, there was piecing together pieces. Yes. But also just because of just how much of a spectacle it was and just how good a film it was. You know, I'd love to see it again. And, you know, when I got the chance to see it again in the cinema recently, I, you know, jumped to it. But I just think it's such a, I, I kind of, it feels like to me, it's almost like our generation's, matrix yeah in the sense that don't get me wrong like matrix was what 99 so we were still like yeah. nine ten. it's not 10. necessarily too far back but it's still like our sort of generate like this modern kind of generation's matrix well, of this like it,
0: it does have a similar thing of being inside this dream world where things can happen doesn't it yeah. it's quite a similar thing yeah
1: it's the it, you know the, the the world around you is somebody's creation somebody's thought somebody's you know ideas and you're just living in it and you're you know you're implanting ideas into people's minds and stuff just like the matrix and it's this cool slick you know science fiction movie that's just you know the casting is brilliant there's not there's not a single character in that film that you don't love or you know can't get behind um the score alone just is just booming and epic and it just you know, it just adds to adds to the scenes and stuff like that. It's a clever, it's a brilliant con- concept, and quite, you know, when you really think about it, it's quite a quite a simple concept in, in terms of, you know, they literally, you know, they they get into your subconscious. They, you know, they don't get me wrong. It's, it's it's still quite out there, living, you know, actually being able to be inside somebody's mind and that sort of thing. But the concept of it's, you know, pretty simple in its essence. But it's just, you know. I, I love Leo in it. Absolutely brilliant character in it. Such a, you know, he's he's the leader of this group, but he's he's probably the most flawed out of all of them. You know, he's got the he's clinging on to the memories of his wife. He he's doing these jobs so that one day he can hopefully see his family again. Um, He's in trouble with these corporations for failing. You know, he is he is, you know, like I said, he is the leader, but he is probably the least the last person that should be the leader, if, if anything, because yes, he's got the most experience. He's got the most baggage behind him that prevents yeah. him from, you know, doing this. That's why he needs the team. And I, I know we talked about, you know, a couple of episodes ago on the Tenet episode. But I love Ellen Page's character because she is the viewer. She is completely new to this world, completely new to this, you know, this um, inception or you know this inception idea. And like you said, there's moments where there is handholding where, you know, they're in the um they're in their sort of warehouse their space you know where they've been working and trying things out and they've explained to her like what a kick is you know how it works with the timings and all this kind of thing and that's what you need in these films you know to really appreciate them in some sense because you know what, like we said the tenet again a highly detailed theoretic concept
0: it doesn't and have that same character, though. No, it doesn't. I remember. Even, I haven't seen tenets second but it, time. But
1: you know, any any times of exposition there is are very casual and very kind of, you know, here's here's your basic, you know, here's your basic overview. Good luck understanding but the if next. It feels
0: like two people are having a conversation and you're just watching, standing next to them, and yeah. no, they're not involving you. That's what that film's
1: like. Yeah, and that's what I love about Inception is the fact that it goes. This is this crazy idea, and Tell you what, so you get the most out of it and enjoy it, we're going to break it down for you, so you actually understand what's going on. Even the scene when um, Leo first meets uh, Ellen Page's character, and they're walking the streets of Paris, you know, in our mind, and he's explaining to her that, you know, my subconscious, you need to make sure that you're not picking... um, you know real places because if my subconscious knows that this isn't a real place it will start attacking the dreamer Mm -hmm. you know all this kind of thing where it's you know it's explaining to you why things are happening so you don't have to kind of guess for yourself or piece together yourself it is explaining this a wonderful world and wonderful concepts so that you can enjoy it more and you know that the ending of that film where again so again it starts at the end and goes backwards because the very first scene is Leo washing up on the beach and being picked up by the soldiers and taken yeah. to, you know, um, Sato when he's an old man, and it, you know, again, it starts at the end of pieces together. But the, you know, that ending where they, you know, they all wake up on the plane, and there's that piece of music <laughs> yes. called "Time", called yeah. Time uh, by Hans Zimmer, an absolutely beautiful piece of music, and it like starts off soft like the Dum. And it's like you know, this, and it builds up and builds up, and it's that whole you know they wake up, and I, I, only, love, I only ever I only ever I noticed it. I only ever noticed it like I think like the second or third time I watched it. But like he's looking at him on the plane, although they're all looking at him like we did it, like we yeah. did it, yeah, we did. It. But then he looks at Sato, and Sato's kind of out of it, and he kind of pauses for a moment where he's like, oh no, is he? Did I save him? Is his brain mush? Is he okay? <laughs> and then Sato kind of he's he, he still, and then he goes, and then he moves, and he picks up the phone. Obviously, he calls his contact at Washington to, you know, to let let Cobb in so that you know as he promised. But even that, that split second of suspense where you're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, everybody's awake and they're like, yeah, we did it. We, you know, we. I just love it. It's the
0: it's the silent celebration because they're all on the plane, but they're not supposed to know each other. Yeah. They and They all just they look stand, around.
1: They can't, they can't. They can't stand stand up to so high five high five at each other. You yeah, exactly. know, like, what, what's up, guys? We <laughs> exactly. just nailed you, bitch! Sucker. We just intercepted you, you, bitch! You for it,
0: you stupid idiot! But <laughs> You're gonna I love your your it. Corporation. Yeah, I just. They just look. They give these glances where it's just and a little smirk. It's like, yes, we. I they, they I just,
1: actually do that on planes now. When I wake <laughs> up, when we, when we land, I look and I just I start nodding at people and like just being like. We made, you know, we did this. Like, it, you know, sometimes you get the, the look back, like, yeah, we did, man. And then other people just kind of, just obviously, glance away at their magazine. But... Playing
0: Hans Zimmer, "Time" out loud on your phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: looking
0: at you, sir, like... so we're still flying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> still look, looking at people while they wake up and just being like, "Are you gonna save me? Are you gonna make that call?" <laughs> like, so just you add, just adds to your flights. <laughs> just adds to your holiday. But, the but thing, yeah, it's just, it's you know, in that whole. Uh, it's one of those. It's one of those endings where it, <laughs> it's it's kind of bittersweet because you know he makes it home. They've done. They've done what they needed to do. They've. they You know. They've. They've implanted the idea into 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 um uh Cillian Murphy's character's uh, mind. You know he's gonna he's gonna tear up his father's corporation. That's what he wanted. So that, that's good. They've done what they need to. They haven't been caught. They're all back home. Cobb, you know, makes it through security. He gets to meet his kids again. You know, it's, it's, it's a happy ending. You think, brilliant. And then, yeah, like you said, the spinning top, they do that sweeping shot where it's like, hang on, spinning top's still going. And it's like, is it, is it, is it? Boom, credits. And it is. It's that it's that kind of, you know, that sort of, it's, it's a bit, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a happy ending because you like, okay, it's a happy ending. But is it a real ending? Is it yeah, the actual ending? You know, it's 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 too perfect. And you know, there was um, I don't want to get too much into it now, but like you know, there's people were saying like his kids never age. So when he sees his kids, they seem to be the same age as they were when he last saw them. You know, it's, yeah. it's things, it's little details like that. And there's things that you know, um, it's too perfect that there's oh Michael Caine is waiting for him. It's like well. Did he like you know? Did he know? It's just there's all these little things. you just like oh, it could be a dream. The thing is, you you kind of be... don't
0: want to look into it too much because no, y- you don't want an answer. You just you're just you know you just glad that there isn't a I guess in this particular film in this scenario that there isn't a final statement on it. It's up to you as the viewer what you think happens. It, did he die? Did he actually go back and see his family? Um, but. Uh, I just think that the the fact there is no sort of final answer on it, unlike just quickly going back to Dark Knight Rises where it is the final answer. I think they could have left Dark Knight Rises open with the whole looking over the, the table and not seeing Bruce Wayne there. I think that's where they missed there, and Inception does it really well, and I think that's why Dark Knight Rises could have done a bit better as an ending. I, yeah, I
1: always again I don't know how true it is, but I always heard that that ending was shot like really, really late and they were like, oh, let's let's try and do a happy go lucky ending where he's yeah. like it was alive the whole time. But, but yeah, I just think the ending, you know, the inception as a whole visually, um, the characters, the score, I think I, you know, I absolutely absolutely adore that film. And it's one that I've watched thousands and thousands of times and it's just um yeah, it
0: uh, never gets boring.
1: No, God no, God no you, you can't not appreciate it every time you watch it.
0: Exactly. Right. It's getting up to the top two now. (sighs) Okay. Right. So, my number two is... So, hold on. Your number three... Wait. My number three was Inception. So, it's your number three.
1: Okay. So, my my number three is Interstellar.
0: Interesting.
1: So, I uh i said about you know how a film makes you feel and leaves you an impression do you remember we went to go see this yeah and uh i think we, i think if i recall we sat quite close to the screen i think it was quite a packed screen and we we sat quite close which,
0: yeah, we were t- we were on each other's lap yeah
1: yeah and it was you know there was uh i don't know if, you, if there was your phone in your pocket it was still confusing. <laughs> but the um but you know it was a some of the some of the shots in that film and some of the visuals and the score alone just booming at you it just it just you can't not be you know um thrown into that film, but like so you know saying about a film making you feel something and like hitting you I remember like genuinely tears in my eyes that the scene where uh you know they 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 pick out the planet that they're gonna to go try try out, and you know um they're told that because of the relativity relativity of time, one hour is the equivalent of two years. So don't mess around, you know, get back here as quickly as possible. What happens that, you know, unfortunately something happens, they end up being gone for 23 years. (laughs) And it's it's that, you know, that one scene where Matthew McConaughey has to watch 23 years of his family growing up, relatives dying. You know all this hor- you know, all these moments of you know 23 years not communicating with your kids, and you know all this stuff. And all imagine, you know, imagine someone saying, um, "Yeah, you've been gone 23 years. Everyone thinks you're dead. Um, but here's some highlights of what you've missed. Oh, by the way, strap yourself in because you you yeah. lost a lot of people. Like you know, it, it's horrible, and it's you know, it's it's it properly just." roundhouse kicks you right in the gut of like you know
0: it's so it's so brutal that scene because um, there's when he's watching them back and how brutal it is because like you said it's all these videos that you don't know the timing between the how many you know between the each video you know is it a year a month or whatever but there's one scene where um, you've got Casey Affleck so his son is obviously grown up and it's Casey Affleck and in one video he's going I'm a dad and this is this is Jesse. Yeah. Uh, and then the next scene it's like, yeah, we have to bury him. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, it's like so he's gone died. from being a grand granddad to, yeah. to not being a granddad he, in he minutes.
1: He says something like grandpa died, we buried him next to Mum and Jesse, and it's like, oh shit, his like, dying. Like you it's know just It's just like so but so tough. And it, and it just adds to the whole like Yeah, you because know, the whole thing is this guy you know he um he was a pilot he never really got the chance to display his skills because of what happened to the world you know he's finally got this opportunity to um you know flying out space and be the pilot that he wanted to be while also you know this kind of one-shot opportunity to find new life and save his family and the planet you know a massive responsibility a massive you know gamble and then you know, that one scene where he's missed twenty three years of his life, it just adds onto the whole um scale of just what he's put himself and what he's sacrificed and the fact that like, you know, not only are you you've given up a lot to, to do this, but you know, you're missing all these key moments and key things that have happened because and it just it just it just adds to the magnitude of how big an ask and how big a task so is. You know,
0: what would you do gone? when it's to save humanity or save your family yeah and like it's that whole big sort of question like what would you do in that scenario if you if you had a an ability or a, you were the yeah. only person that could do a thing that could potentially save humanity however it might mean that you might see a big chunk of your family's life like what would you do in that situation and obviously they didn't plan for that to happen because i remember like you said i think it's every hour on that planet is seven years on earth or something like that. And it's just like, they only plan to be there for one hour and seven hours is still a drastic amount of time, but to to be 23 hours, uh, sorry, 23 years. Um, And uh, even it's not funny, but even it's slightly funny when they go back and one of the crew members is like, it's been years, and he's like got <laughs> yes. a grey beard. It's like shit. Oh fucking hell! It really hits home there. And he's like this old guy who's just been studying black holes for twenty three
1: years. He must oh. have been annoyed though, because he's probably been like you know he's probably got quite used to it as well, and been like you know made the <laughs> his made the, wank
0: his wank bunker. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's like it, you know he's made the ship the way he wants. You know like he's got <laughs> he's got he's got the place just the way he wants it, and they turn up. And he's like. Oh, fuck
0: turn up in their muddy feet and like yeah
1: sorry yeah that's that that's cool guys yeah just walk in just walk in that's fine yeah no that's fine you eat that that's cool it's not i wasn't saving that or anything that's cool you eat that that's cool you eat that piece of dry food that's cool but like um do you know who the most underrated character of that film is tars yes (laughs) Yes! oh my god i forgot like as i was watching it i instantly was like oh my god i forgot about tars Tars, get him, Tars. Like, I love his. You know, what's your humor setting? Uh, ninety-five is like. Let's, let's take that down to seventy-five. Like, let's just like, take it down,
0: wise ass. <laughs>
1: just, just imagine having a friend be like, "What's your honesty rating?" Seventy-five. Okay, let's let's take the honesty down a bit. Like, but it's just, yeah, Tars is such an underrated character, and again, it's that cool. Like, it like a giant Capri's Dairy Milk bar, but then he turns into like a, a, a star that can like save people with the water and you can pilot things it's just such a, such a just key. lovely
0: he's just got a he's got a, has they have this like you said a sense of humor setting as yeah. well it's just like it's brilliant, yeah, brilliant.
1: It's brilliant. but like um <laughs> I, know I know it's dumb but like uh i remember i remember even watching that film in the cinema and when you know they land on the second planet and they open up the cryogenic tube for, <laughs> and it was like Oh shit! That's that's Matt Damon. He wasn't on, like, the, post.
0: he wasn't on the poster.
1: <laughs> yeah, hang on a second. What the fuck? What film is this? Like, this isn't The Martian. But like, it was just like it was like, oh shit! That's Matt Damon. Like, where did that come from? Like, it was just. I love still- it as well
0: because he just plays an absolute arsehole as well.
1: Yeah, it's just it, he's the complete opposite of like, say in Private Wine, where he's like this young sweet kid who wants to fight wants to stay out, doesn't want to be sent home. And then there's this guy who's like, yeah, I've fucked everything up. I'm going to try and kill these people and take their ship. And it's like, we hate you. You're only in this film 40 minutes and we hate you. Like, it's,
0: it's like landing on a planet to find out the person who's, who's solely living there has the personality of Eeyore. And it's just like, yeah, it's fucked mate. It's absolutely fucked. And I, like, I'm going to fuck you up now. Yeah. I'm going to steal your ship and yeah. go back.
1: Thank you so much for finding me. Um, yeah i'm gonna f- i'm really gonna fuck you over in like a few minutes yeah. so. he just
0: throws away that was <laughs> it like the um like the what do you call it like the speech part of his helmet like yes. the, the communicating part and just throws it off yeah. and then cracks his i was like yeah. you fucking arsehole you <laughs> could just sneak away and just do it that way you have to just try and almost kill him but exactly. yeah that's one of the one of the um it's actually one of the most shocking reveals in cinema yeah, history. I think like,
1: I, I didn't expect him to turn up at all.
0: I mean, t- he wakes up and then just cries straight away as well. So straight away, you're like, all right, chill out. I
1: think I think more films need that. Just more films need Matt Damon to just turn up, just be like. I think it would just add another element of things if, like, there was like a, I don't know, if they did like a, um, Victorian period piece and like. They're like, oh, here comes Mr. Chumley, and it's it's like oh it's Matt da- Matt Damon! Like what? Like just bring Matt Damon randomly into more films, just add that star power to it. But his
0: character's name's Dat Maimon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hello there, I'm Dat
0: Maimon. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I it reminded me of um Kevin Spacey in Seven as well, because he's not on the poster, and I remember watching Seven for the first yes. time like years ago. And Knew who he was obviously before, but didn't know he was in the film until three quarters of the way through, and it's like, holy shit, Kevin Spacey yeah. is the serial killer, and it just adds a bit of um, yeah, so it is weird. I, I, I don't know why they wouldn't add him in. I think it's probably because he's not in it that long in the whole scheme of things. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> it's just, I, just random.
1: I just, I just think like that's one of those films that. The score alone is just unbelievable. Like it's, you know, it's um, the docking. Even the, you know, the, the oh, scene God. where the docking, the docking oh scene God, is
0: the best the, scene in that film.
1: It's so tense. Like it's like
0: it is the best scene.
1: Yeah, and again, the music, and it's just it's it. Oh, again, it, uh, there's one bit um, when uh, Matthew McConaughey's character speaking to um, his co-pilot, and he's like. Um just imagine that like you know you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean, like but but then it's like, yeah, but now we're in space, and if if you know if the if the sides leak we don't you know it doesn't fill up with water, we get sucked out and die, and he's like, yeah, but just try and picture it, <laughs> just like you just yeah, yeah it's you know, and it is it's that whole thing of like imagine you know again it, 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 it there's a lot there's a lot of times that film where it just hits hard like. This is them going into another dimension, you know, or another um, universe. They are going, they are giving up so much to go and potentially find a planet that's habitable or may not. That's it. Like, it's not like, was it good? Yeah, it was all right. Now we'll be back soon. It's like, nah, this is like years and years and years and years away from from any other civilization or anybody you know you love or anything at all for a potential new planet and that it's just yeah. um yeah it's just it's such a such a powerful film and yeah it's um so
0: can i let you in a secret yeah this is my number one okay i i was in up and down like i said the top three for ages but i ended up with interstellar as number one pretty much most of the things you've just said i, I think this time around was definitely more personal now being a dad to a daughter I kind of and by by no means am i a um an astronaut or anything like that, but <laughs> having that sort of father daughter storyline in there you can't help I can't help but sort of put myself in that scenario if I was that dad in that scenario and, and my daughter was at home and I had to leave them at home and to see that scene where um you she hasn't responded in those video messages until right at the end, which is just such this spiteful sort of angry yeah. message where it's like essentially cutting ties after however gives,
1: gives you middle finger to say you know did you know what was going to happen did yeah. you know that actually and it was it like be, this is did did you the abandon
0: us? yeah this is the date we you should have come home because you promised me when i come back we'd be the same age yeah and all that stuff just really hit home this time around obviously the first time around i wasn't a dad this time around this had this extra element personal element to it that just really hit me um like you said the soundtrack on its own is probably one of my favourite soundtracks. I think on its own, it's just as a separate entity, just as a as an album, is is just a masterpiece in itself. Well, yeah, let alone main, to be bolted onto this film.
1: The main theme, uh, you know, the, the the track is called "Where We're Going," has played throughout the film, and that is such a again such a cool piece of music that starts off.
0: It's so, so simple. It's just like it's really yeah, delicate. so soft, it's...
1: so and then just builds and builds and builds. Um, But this originally was my, I I, I put this in as number five. Um, And then when I watched it, you know, the other week, I was like, I forgot how amazing this film is. And, you know, bumped it up two spaces And that. It's just, it's, don't get me wrong, it's not got the most clear of endings. Um, It kind of falls down at the end a bit, but, you know, when it goes into the whole, like, other dimensional thing and how people in the future have built this in order to, be able to communicate backwards how is it, you know, it's, it's that classic, like, uh, cool. This this is the part where I don't get, but like, once you watch it a few times and you appreciate it more and you get it, you know, that's fine. Um, but I just, I, again, I think it's just one of these films where you know, seven eighths of the movie are just so good that you can appreciate it so much that the ending being a bit over your head doesn't really matter because you've just enjoyed the rest of the film so I- much.
0: I think that is pretty much it for me because it, there are flaws. If you took, if I took the time to actually look at the plot and some of the stuff like that and towards the end, it, it kind of a bit of a mess and it's, it's kind of, a, doesn't really make sense, but it's one of those films where emotion just trumps all of that. And I just don't care. I'm not, I don't care about the plot as much. I'm not when I'm in the film and I'm, I, I it's all the emotion that i'm that yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in this plot um, i don't think
1: i don't i don't think they do enough ex, exposition to explain that they are people as in like yeah. the future stuff like that like i thought you know like i said with the prestige though the very first shot of that film is the bookcase with it raining down the sand yeah. or dust or whatever you know whatever it is Dust, yeah and um Again, you're like, what the hell is that? What does that mean? And then obviously later when you find out that whoever built the dimension that he gets stuck in has picked the exact moment in his life where he can communicate to himself and be able to yeah. communicate to himself and his daughter and start the trigger events that ultimately saves Earth. It's, it's, that, it's, it's that whole thing of like, oh my God, that's what it was. Um, I
0: think this, that's one of the bits where when afterwards I was like, that is kind of ridiculous that he's, he hits... He hits the the bookcase. He is the the ghost. He hits the bookcase. And then there's these lines of dust on the floor. And then somehow they're coordinates to NASA. I was like, sorry, I don't quite understand that. But but I'm going along with it.
1: It's quite clever in the sense of like, you know, the whole way through the film or at the start, he keeps saying to her, like, ghosts don't exist. Like, there's no such thing as ghosts. And he's right. There isn't a ghost. It's literally him. Like, it's, you know, and he says, he, he even says, you know, tell you what you do an experiment, show me your findings and we'll discuss, you know, why you think it's a ghost. So you, you keep saying there's no such thing as ghosts and he's right. There isn't a ghost. It's literally him. It is yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's... Um... I,
0: I remember at the time um, people were a bit, some, some uh, friends were sort of um, a bit miffed by the ending because he's travelled all that time to get there, sees his daughter and then goes again. And I remember thinking that the first time around, thinking that well, after all that, and he just goes again. But it's a, it's not actually as 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 clear as that. It's actually her that tells him. No, yeah. I don't. You know, no parent should see their daughter die. So it's actually a sweet thing that, that he's gone. He's not his choice that he's no, gone. No, and it's she's it's, him to do that but, because that's a tough thing to to do. And at least he's had that. They've had that moment where you know, he said he'd come back and he did. And she's st- held on as a an elderly woman yeah, to finally whole- see him again. And now she can be at peace.
1: And it's the whole thing about, you know, the fact that, yes, they, they have that space station thing, whatever it is, you know, orbiting Saturn that um, they inhabit, but it's not sustainable. And it's not real life. It's not, um, you know, it's not going to be the best solution. You know, it's the whole thing of, there's still opportunities out there. There's still chances out there for us to have a planet. You know, we we've you know we've um, we've worked out what we need to do to be able to navigate the black hole. We know how to be able to you know travel you know to other places to find a planet. Um, and Hathaway's character, you know, she's still out there. She still is creating a a, a a potential habitat for people. It's all that thing of like like you said, he's not just leaving her to you know. Oh, she's the one who's like you know you shouldn't be here you shouldn't have to see this you've still got so much ahead of you know you i've aged but i've done all these wonderful things you still have so much time ahead of you yeah. go out and seek these other planets still that are out there and find us a home kind of thing and it's that's
0: it and it's it's having, carrying
1: it's carrying on the journey
0: exactly and that's why i didn't get when people were saying that he's just gone again but she's told him to do that she doesn't want him to see her die as her daughter even though she's now older than him she's also older than him and wiser than him perhaps to and, also yeah, give him advice
1: it, you know it's quite heartbreaking but it's 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 good ca- character development in the sense that she's gone from gutted that he's going angry that he left to oh my god i realise just how big a thing this is i understand the sacrifices he made and you know why he's done that but when she sees him you know she's too old to be mad or too old to be angry at him you know it's just a case of i'm so happy to see you but you've so you've still got so much more to do and so you know still so much you can give go and do it basically and um yeah i think i think i think it's just a um even again (laughs) you know the start it's got the random uh, sit down interviews with like the older people they're talking yeah. about the dust clouds and that and then it, you know again comes back around It's they're part of the exhibits of the yeah. old you know and it's just yeah it's quite a cool thing as well where like there's the little um what the you know what that world is like where um you know he has the teacher conference and he's <laughs> like you know they said like your son's not going to college like he'll be a farmer and he's like well, hang on I pay my taxes like there's no there's no armies anymore so and its it's, it's that's it's like you know they live in a world where because of this you know this fat uh, this um
0: climate change and all this yeah, stuff, the, yeah.
1: you know everybody's a farmer every, you know okra's dying and sweet corns gonna die and stuff like that and it's just you know he's he's in in su- in very short words and very short ways of doing it he's created a um you know he's created his own timeline almost or he's created his own um, you know narrative right there that the fact that the world is dying in such a short you know in a short way of doing it but yeah um, yeah so, I yeah. also
0: just quickly on that I think I don't think the film would have been as good without Matthew McConaughey I think he's a tour de force in this I don't yeah. know if anyone else I can't picture Leo in that same role
1: the McConaughey yeah
0: and I, I just remember thinking I don't think I don't think I was a McConaughey fan prior to this. I don't think I'd even seen him in enough films to know. And I always, I always, always thought he was a bit of the like a rom-com guy. And this so film so would be this, this film where it was like, no, he's he's the real deal. And then afterwards, I think he did you know some a big more uh, higher-profile films that just solidified him as his top actor.
1: This is where like um, so this was after Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Uh, okay, um, I think it's like a year after, yeah.
1: Yeah, and before that, I remember. So this is when he like I was. I'm up there with you. He, you know, I always pictured him as you know kind of a rom com guy doing films, you know, Kate Hudson and that, you know, that mm-hmm. whole thing. And, yeah. But like, he did. did you ever see the Lincoln Lawyer?
0: No, I haven't seen that. No,
1: he was brilliant in that and uh, a film called uh, Mud. Yeah where he was like a drifter and two guys two kids find him and they become friends with him and that's like it. he was brilliant in that as well. So that that's when he started first coming onto like the kind of like bit more serious acting things and um, you know, led to this. But I would agree, I think him in that that um that part is just absolutely brilliant. Just you know, he um I I can't I'm up there with you, I don't think I can picture anybody else in that role that would do Quite as well Justice. as he did. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Definitely not. Right. So I think, oh, I'm trying to remember where we got to. I think that was your number three. Uh,
1: that was my, yes, that was my number three. So my number, that was my number three. My number two is Inception, which we discussed.
0: Okay. So I'll go on to my number two. And I've always already done my number one. But I have a feeling my number two is your number one. And that's the Dark Knight. Correct yeah i thought so so just quickly i mean we'll both go into this now I might as well because we've come to the end of it um it was so tough between this and interstellar i think the reason why i went for interstellar was it had just this extra extra personal touch to it i think as well but still dark knight is still an absolute masterpiece i think this was up until very recently the most watched film i'd seen at the cinema I think I'd seen, I don't I tend I, to see films yeah. that much at the cinema at the same time. I, I think kind this of is, retain it. Sorry, gone.
1: Sorry. No, I, I think this is the film I've seen the most at the cinema. I think. No, so, ha, how, how many
0: times it. did you manage to see it?
1: So when it first came out in July, it came out and I know this July 25th, 2008. Nice. I know. Sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went to see it every week. For the next seven weeks Fuck. after when it first came out right um so yeah so seven times seven, i just i honestly i loved it so much that any friend who was like yeah i want to see i was like i'll go i'll go with you yeah. that's cool I'll we'll yeah. go, i'll go you know and I, even to the, the fact i think like we were going to london for the day for my sister's birthday and i was like we should go to the imax and watch dark Knight." <laughs> and like we well, here it convinced mum and dad to like go to the IMAX, you know, take my sister as well to go watch it on the IMAX. So I saw it then. And then, um, obviously I saw it again recently. Um, there was like an, there was, uh, they showed it again years ago when Dark Knight Rises came out and like, they had like a thing at cinema yep. where you could, we do watch them. Um, I've seen, I've, I, I've lost count of many times I've seen the cinema, but it's definitely the film I've seen. The most times at the cinema and i and i don't it's, i'll be honest i love it i absolutely love it but i can't necessarily put my finger on why i love it so much
0: i think so for me i've only ever i only saw it three times at the cinema but like i said i don't tend to watch films at cinema again that often the only other film recently is the lighthouse that came out this year was the first other film I've ever seen three times at cinema, but I was similar thing to you. It was just like, I just couldn't quite believe how good it was. And I was like, I need to just see it again. Is it actually that good? And every time it was like, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good. Um, whether as to what I could put a finger on as to why I like it. I mean, firstly, Heath Ledger, I mean, that goes without saying, um, just one of the best and freakiest Um, acting commitments i think to any role ever um that alone is just one big tick i think i think it's because it just changed superhero films as a thing i think it just it didn't have to be this oh i mean it's it is still over the top and slightly flamboyant but it doesn't always have to be you know essentially the, the end of the film it's not a happy ending for Batman. No. Um, and I think, I think that's why it hit home a bit. It was like, this isn't following the normal plot points. Like if you compare to something like Marvel, which kind of really came into effect much after this came out. But with the Marvel films, they have, for me anyway, they have this blueprint plot that happens throughout the franchise, regardless of what superhero it is, they go through and they hit these story beats, these narrative beats pretty much the whole way through. So you kind of know what you're getting. I think with dark Knight, you, you don't get any of that at all. You don't know where it's going. Um, and then the whole ending where he's basically taken the fall for Harvey Dent without the public knowing what, ha- what happened to Harvey Dent. It was just, it, so you as the viewer know he's the hero but everyone else in Gotham City, apart from a few people, really know what happened. And actually, and he's, he's in his own world. He is now the villain.
1: And it's it's horrible when you think about it because you know he has to he has to protect a murderer, and he has to protect you know someone who has has essentially become corrupt, the very thing that he wants to fight in order to to save Gotham. It's, it's the it's such a um, yeah, like you said, it's not a happy ending in the slightest because he's got to he's got to take the fall for what Harvey Dent did. He's got to be seen as a, a dangerous. You know, he's already a vigilante, but now he's being seen as a a wanted murderer. Um, all it all, you know, all with the end goal of yes, you know, he he has brought justice back, and you know, some horrible people are going to go away and they're going to stay away because of the Harvey Dent Act and all that stuff that he comes in later. Yeah, but it's at the cost of. Everything that he believes, yeah, and you know that's, um, it's, We said I've said it before. Like the thing with the whole Nolan Batman films is they're very good. They're very good. Um, they're good films on their own. They just happen to have Batman in them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
1: You know, you for, you forget sometimes that they are you know, essentially a, a comic book superhero film because it's, you know, especially the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is you know, it starts off as pretty much quite a, a bit of a heist film um, and a yeah. gang, and a, you know, in a gang war film, because you've got all the, you know, all the different um, gangs fighting against each other and trying to protect their money, but Batman's in it. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, Heath Ledger It's heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. What happened to Heath Ledger? Because again, he was someone who I don't recall him ever doing any kind of, um, films that weren't sort of again like I kind of said about Matthew mcconaughey that sort of like um you know rom-coms or that sort of thing and for him to just completely do a 180 and like blow you up blow blow him off the screen and that playing the joker it's just heartbreaking yeah. to think of all the things he could have done and you know where he would have gone next and it's just you know and an absolute... also if
0: he, if he would have made an appearance in dark knight rises well, in the, Dark Knight Rises do hark back to a few characters, don't they?
1: Yeah, because in Dark, well, in, in the, again, I'm going, I'm going a bit nerdy here, but in the <laughs> novelization of Dark Knight Rises, um, all the prisoners have been moved to Blackgate Prison. You, know you know the prison yeah. that Bane blows up to release all the prisoners? Mm-hmm. So in the book, you know, it's, it's explained that everybody is in Blackgate Prison because they turned Arkham Asylum into a jail or prison just for the joker um so he he is in the dark knight rises universe but obviously they just so imagine how cool that would have been if you know if he could have been a part of it because i i you know the um you've seen obviously the original you know the the old tim burton batman films yes yeah so in obviously the the first batman um, the Joker gets thrown off the the you know the top the top of the building and dies you know he you know Jack uh, yeah. Nicholson Joker dies and I thought that's where they were going to go with the Dark Knight because um, obviously he's got him pinned down you know he's about to blow up the boats and he's like do you know how I got these scars and he's like no but I know how you got these and he you know he, he stabs him with the um, or you know he fires out his like uh, wrist you know blades. And he throws the Joker off the building. And you think it's gonna be the same. Yeah. He's gonna, oh, you know, he's throwing it back to, it's halving back to the Tim Burton films where he throws the Joker off the, off the roof. But then he saves him. And I was like, oh my God, don't tell me that we could have got another, we could have got another Heath Ledger Joker because he's, you know, he's, he is alive. He is, he is still around. And he's, you know, he's know. done the classic, he's done the classic Batman thing of like, I'm not gonna let them die. You know, they have to, they have to face justice. But yeah, and I just, you know, i, I said before, the boat, the, the scene where um, they get the uh, they get the Gotham citizens off the island and they also have the prisoners in one boat and the others, you know, in another boat. That whole scene where you've got the two boats deciding on whether or not to blow each other up, again, saying about, you know, um, Dunkirk earlier, there's just dread. There's just a whole mm-hmm. dread and suspense that whole way through where they're, you know, they're fighting amongst themselves. We should blow them up. You know, they're prisoners. They don't deserve to be, you know, they've, they've had their shot at society and they've chosen to, you know, steal and murder. We should blow them up. And then they, you know, the, the, the people on the other boat, you know, the prisoners on the other boat, you know, they're, they're squabbling, you know, deciding on what to do as well. And it's just, it's that whole, again, it's that whole thing of like, what would you do? Like, what, yeah. you know, what would you do in that scenario?
0: I think what Nolan's quite good at, and he does this quite a lot of in, in his films, is he into cuts between scenes to build that tension as well? So there's always usually three things going on at once. So in The Dark Knight, I think, for example, you've got the whole boat thing going on. You've got Joker doing his thing. You've got Batman trying to get to Joker. You've got Gary Oldman oh, yeah. also doing his old thing. But they're all being intercut with these different things. So everyone's chasing to a goal. And you, you're the suspense for each separate thing in its own right is building up because it's getting to its own respective climax and it's similar with um uh inception as well it has all these different things that you've obviously got the different um dreams that they're in they're all being into cut like the whole van going off and you've got the snow area as well and then you've got jason gordon uh, gordon levitt in the um in the corridor trying to get the bodies yeah. in the elevator they're all being intercut and it just builds this whole suspension because everyone's got their own goals in these different timelines yeah you're all trying to get up, to that it's, crescendo
1: it's bad enough that you're suspect you know you're in suspense about one thing but there's also this going on and there's this to go on as well it's, it's just a, a barrage of you know stuff going on that you have to deal with but it's just it's um yeah, I don't know. There's just there's it's just something about that film that I just absolutely loved so much. And I think it was because it was it wasn't what I expected. It, it just it, you know I think you do you kind of expect with superhero films like, like you said to kind of have that formula of okay they're in a tricky spot, there's a villain, but at the end you know at the end everything will be okay. And it's it's not okay. It's not okay at all. You know that it's. Um, yeah it's just it's just a very dark it's 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 the empire strikes back of the trilogy you know the bad (laughs) at the end you know uh, you know it's a new hope oh yeah we beat the bad guys you know oh batman begins you know we've got a new we've got a new superhero his name's batman he's good look after us and then you've got dark knight which is empire strikes back was like at the end yeah you're alive but the bad guys won like yeah the bad guys have won in this, unfortunately. Like you've you've you know, you've lost a lot of people along the way, people hate you, you know <laughs> the symbol that you were is no more like bad guys win kind of thing. And I think I don't know, I suppose it's one of those things as you get older, you start, you kind of appreciate the bad guys a bit more. You think yeah. the bad guys are cool I th- and like I it, think it and- works.
0: I think it works well here as well because I think Heath Ledger's performance is so good that it actually it makes Batman as a character, smaller. Yeah, and it's like, who do you who do you go for? Like normally, like you said, if if you're into the bad guys, that Joker in here is just the, the top villain.
1: Oh yeah, and, and he's he
0: just even. I don't think he even gets as much screen time as Batman or, or as Bruce Wayne sort of, as Batman. But every time he's on screen, he's just absolutely, for an obvious reason, steals the show. And out of the two like of them on screen. It's just like Joker is just the thing to watch.
1: The, uh, the interrogation scene between <laughs> Batman and Joker. is just brilliant because, you know, there's the bit when Batman loses it and he starts beating him up and he's like, there's nothing you can do with your strength. Like you can beat me up. You can do whatever you want. Like all the, all your strength that you've got means nothing. Like, I'm just going to keep messing things up and that. And it's, it's, um, it's the hot, it's what Alfred says earlier on in the film where it's like, you know, Some men don't do it for money or, you know, power. They just do it because they want to watch the world burn. And that's, you know, that's, that's what the Joker does. You know, the end, you know, he might steal the money at the start from the, um, from the crime, you know, from the uh, criminals and the gangs and stuff, but that's not his end goal because he ends up burning it. all. he's, you know, he doesn't want money. He He doesn't want Yeah. He just, he just wants to be a criminal. He just wants, he enjoys the chase. He enjoys the sport of it. And it's just that whole thing of like, he's so deluded and so deranged. He doesn't really have a goal. He yeah. doesn't have like a, I, I want to take over the world. or I want this. It's just, I just want to mess things up. I just want to yeah. fuck things up for people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's that's my end game kind of thing.
0: And that's just scary as a, as a thing for a character yeah. to have, a mentality yeah, to have.
1: They'll never stop. They'll never, they'll never be satisfied with, oh, you know, I'm the richest man in the world or I've got all the power. It's like, no, I'll never be happy because I'll, there'll always be someone who wants to stop me. And I'll always be there to just mess things up for them. And i just, it's, it is, it is, it's that, it's that scary thing of like, you know, there is no, there is no end game for them. They're just going to continue onwards. But yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I love it. It's I a masterpiece.
0: It. It's a masterpiece. It's just, it's the best superhero film ever, without a doubt, end game included. Sorry. It just is. It, um,
1: it, um, it just, it, you know, it adds to that whole human element against Batman as well, you know, Bruce Wayne as well. It's even the fact of like how fragile it is as well, because, yeah. um, yeah, he's, you know, he's he's doing all this thing to bring justice to Gotham and save Gotham, but like he's, you know, he's doing it at the at, at the expense of his own life and the expense of his own sanity, because there's even the bit when um, Alfred burns the letter from Rachel. Yeah you know explaining that actually she's not she doesn't love him or you know she she does love him but she's choosing to marry harvey Dent, and it's like even alfred knows look i know you're a headstrong guy and you know this but this is going to be this is going to be the thing that sends you over so like you know alfred is a hero because he saves batman he saves batman from you know that one thing that might send him over the edge and make make him lose all his um you know his integrity and all his beliefs is the fact that you know actually the person that died wasn't going to marry you. they were going to marry somebody else and it's you know it's, it's it's things like that that um you know you just kind of that's how raw this whole thing is that even batman needs saving
0: yeah exactly it's yeah it's just it's just fantastic there's nothing no not the only <laughs> the only con i did get watching it back <laughs> the only thing i thought was a bit off and it's a minor thing it's the scene in the courtroom. The guy gets a gun out. I'm thinking, how the hell has he got a gun in the courtroom? And he, a- he, he turns it to Harvey Dent. I was like, how have you got that in there?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's no... I, I, I still don't think it's a perfect film by any stretch because there's a, lot, there's a lot in that film that should have been... I don't necessarily think it would have made it better, but it just would have made it a bit flow better in a way because um, the thing that's always bugged me And I get why they did it, but at the same time, it's one of the reasons I hate a lot of mainstream films now. It's like, you know, we could make it good, or we could make it as, you know, as brilliant as possible, but we want to make sure that as many people see this film. This film was a 12A. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff in it that probably could have been that little bit darker, a little bit more extreme that would have just made it that, again, I'm not saying it would have made it better, but there's potential there to just add more layers to it. And the thing that always bugged me was the bit when uh, he's in Gamble's club, and you know he pretends to be dead, and he oh, tells yes. the story about how he got the scars, and he's got the knife in Gamble's mouth, and he talks yeah. about you know how his father cut him and stuff like that. And then, why you I, so you serious? Know, yeah, why so serious? And then like it does like you know did he cut him? Did he like? Yeah he fainted but he didn't like show any like what did he like like again it's your interpretation of what he'd done but it would have been so much cool if like i don't know he slashed his mouth you don't see him slash his mouth but you just see like a slick of blood go up the wall or something just something that adds to it like oh my god he just cut his mouth you know he's just yeah. ripped his face open or something and then you know he goes into like the you know he snaps the pool cue and he's like we're gonna have auditions and then all like tryouts
0: <laughs> tryouts then, like, you know
1: you know, we're going to have tryouts. And then, like, he's like, make it quick. And then they walk out and it's like, oh, my God, I wonder what happened next. And, I was, again, you have to show that. But that part with Gamble just, you know, he goes into that really dark story about what may have twisted him yeah. around. And, it's and then a, you don't see lame...
0: him enact in, in, in that darkness. Yeah, you see,
1: like, quite a just bit of a lame climax in that. But yeah. that's, that's the only thing that ever kind of bugs me about that film is that, like, that's the one thing I think, that's that was one of your moments where you could show just how messed up this guy was. Yeah,
0: but, 100%. But that aside, it just doesn't even touch the fact that it's just, it's just so damn good. Oh, yeah. um, right, that was not too bad, actually. So I think we got one film each that wasn't on each other's list. Other than that, we pretty much got the same. So I'm just going to run down my list quickly from top five. So number five, I got Memento. Number four, Prestige. Number three, Inception. Number two, Dark Knight. Number one, Interstellar, and what was yours again, Max? So
1: my five was number five was Dunkirk, number four Prestige, three Interstellar, two Inception, and one Dark Knight. So yeah, so I, you know we were four for four, or four, four out of five, say. But, um, but yeah, yeah,
0: not bad going. So I was just just towards the end, I was gonna suggest any recommendations for anyone who is listening, um, if they were into any of these films or any Nolan films in particular, uh, what ones you would recommend for people to watch. So the ones I'd pick, I'd picked um, two, um, one being, I'm hoping most people have seen it anyway, but if you would if you loved Interstellar, then you need to have seen 2001 Space Odyssey as well. I mean, it's massively inspired by that and you can tell that from how it was filmed. Um, that in itself, they're very similar in there. They're very sort of experience uh based cinema where it's just more so with 2001 where there's there's not a lot of exposition really it's more like it's just visually um it's it's more of a visual film i'd say than Interstellar is um but if you haven't seen if you haven't seen 2001 but you have seen um interstellar i'd recommend that 100 and then the other one that i had was it's an anime film called paprika um is actually what inspired um Nolan for inception uh, so it's a similar slightly similar sort of thing it's um it's going into people's dreams and getting ideas from those and it's it obviously as an anime it's a bit more extravagant and over the top of, of that and they even there's a there is a, a similar scene to the um corridor scene that they use in inception there's a similar scene in that in paprika as well which you can tell was slightly um homage to that um so if you're into anime um and obviously interested in the whole dream uh thing used in inception then definitely those two are worth checking out for me
1: see see, i uh i had to do i had to do a little bit of research on this because (laughs) i I was struggling to think of chris Nolan films or films like chris nolan without thinking of the chris nolan films Mm. there's one there's one film that i um Looking through and I remember if I remember right, I don't think you were a fan of it, but I actually quite enjoyed it. <laughs> if you know, if you like that whole kind of um bit, bit not this isn't a totally off the wall concept, what the film is, I don't want to ruin it, but like it's not a totally off the wall concept, but it is quite a cool um like, twist and turns, and you're not really sure until right at the end when there's a big reveal. But I really liked. Do you remember the Michael Douglas film, The Game? Yes. I, yes, yes. I, I don't think you were a fan of it, were you? No, I don't like The Game. No. Yeah, I I, I, I quite like that because it was, I don't know, there's a lot of twists and turns in that. And then ultimately there's a big reveal at the end, which the big reveal isn't necessarily the best reveal. It's a bit kind of, oh, okay, but leading up to it, I kind of feel like it's one of those films that you do get engaged about because you're like, oh, what's going on? Um, but yeah, I, suppose, I suppose for me from like, um the other point of view of that is uh do you remember the film um all is lost
0: oh with uh, robert redford
1: yes <laughs> yeah. so that so if you you know talk like say about interstellar and the whole kind of um you know in the abyss of things and you know the, the whole out in the you know out in the unknown that for me is one film that you need to watch because it's one man on his boat in the middle of the ocean just going through possibly the worst <laughs> series of events ever and he only says one word in the entire film which i won't again i won't spoil it because you know but it is it's one word and it just sums up the whole film and it's you know i i i, I applaud robert redford's character for not saying it sooner in the film um
0: <laughs> the thing is, again, as well, that film is so underrated because oh, massive! I, I think I'm pretty sure we both saw that at the cinema, and it's one of those films that if you try and sell it to someone, it's like, well, there's a guy on a boat and he doesn't really speak. It's like, yeah, but but it's 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 not boring. <laughs> it's not it actually, because you just you put yourself in that situation, and you just feel yeah. so sorry for him, and the amount of stuff that goes wrong, it's just like, oh.
1: And it's it's one of those films where again, saying about like interception, where uh, sorry, Interstellar, where <laughs> it's just sequel. the yeah interception yeah where they're going to the dreams in a parallel universe (laughs) the you know that just that whole kind of like the feeling of interstellar where it's like you know you're in the middle of nowhere you're way beyond the reaches of any other you know human interaction or society and that isolation it's very um very unnerving at times yeah because it is one of those things where you just kind of feel like what would you do in that that scenario it's it's not so much dread but it's just that whole kind of like god like what what would you actually do in that scenario like what would you um you know how would you act and what would you um you know what would your your mindset be but yeah that that would be my recommendation would be the game from a perspective of twists and turns and you know that sort of genre of films and then all is lost for you know a um a film with a lot of good visuals um, suspense and just that sort of feeling of isolation that really yeah. kind of hits you in the gut as you watch it
0: Nice, I, I, they're two really good at recommendations actually I think another one you said probably halfway through was Matrix as well if if people haven't seen the Matrix, Oh yeah, oh yeah whoever's, whoever's left that hasn't seen it uh, in a link to a Inception of, of sort of like a kind of a dream within a dream sort of thing uh, what is the real world sort of thing I guess is what the link is um, but yeah all really good um, recommendations nice one well that absolutely flew by don't know about you um, but yeah thanks again Max for, Thank you very much for, for me. coming on another episode we'll definitely get you on at some point to do another top five um, they, they just go so quick um, yeah thanks again and we'll sort another one soon
1: I look forward to it, thanks very much.